Hello, this is Black Country Blokes chewing the fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the moms, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. I've been the artist, the Black Hundred Blokes, tuning the fat here with me, Kev Dylan, Lee Cadman, and our special guest today, MP Dudley North, Marco Lenny. And what we're so lucky to have the uh, these people coming down, because we I was just saying to Marco before we went on, we've got to be working together from grassroots from the trenches to the higher ups and it doesn't matter if we're blue red green whatever the the um the policy the um the organization we've got to be doing this together so marco from the bottom of my heart thank you for coming on oh it's a real pleasure kevin thank you for having me on thank you lee and you're just saying like um the short version you were the mayor of warsaw and how much fundraising and, and how difficult it is to pick a charity because we normally pick one for the blind, for cancer. We normally go for someone in, who, how we've been affected, and you pick mental health, didn't you? I did, yeah. So first of all, I perhaps I could give some oh, context yeah, to that, because um, my name is Marco, and you might think, well, isn't that Italian? Well, <laughs> yes, it is. So my mother, who is a black country lass, <laughs> went over on holiday to Rome, and she met this Italian guy at the Trevi Fountain, and uh, I am the byproduct of that meeting. <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, but I am a black country lad. And uh, I've spent most of my uh, time in, um, in Warsaw, which, as you know, is just the other side of the, of the motorway. And a little bit people who will be saying Warsaw is a black country. I get that. I get that. But, um, yeah, no, it's, um, we're all, uh, we all think the same and yes. talk the same and behave the same, don't we? You know? so, so, yes, I became a councillor in Warsaw uh, back in 1999. And I only stood down at the last elections in May, uh, when I was allowed to, actually. Uh, after I'd become a member of parliament, I did uh, resign immediately. But the leader of the council, uh, Mike Bird, asked me to stay on so as that I didn't cause a by-election, because that can cause, uh, you know, 30,000, pounds of a cost to the council. He says, Marco, stay on till May. And then you stand down then, and then we'll have two elections in Pelsall, which is the ward I represented, uh, instead of one. But what then happened was coronavirus hit the country and the government cancelled elections. So I actually stayed on as a councillor until this last May um, and juggled the two. But I've got, you know, able colleagues in Pelsall who picked up and ran with a baton for me whilst I've been in, in, in Westminster or locked up at home like everybody else has been. So, yeah, during my previous years, just before the MP election, um, I was immensely privileged uh, and, and lucky to be told, well, Marco, you've been a councillor a while now. You've been around the block. It's your turn to be the mayor of Warsaw. And, and, and I did that and I did it for a, a couple of years, actually. And one of the things that um people don't know is that you know uh, quite often you so mayors get asked would you like to support a charity and of course the vast majority say yes and then you're confronted with the question well which charity and when you think about it actually every single charity is deserving so yes. i'd like to support all of them but then i thought you know marco you're, you're about making a difference you're about um 
having an impact. You're about doing something actually that you will do better if you really, really care about it. And I, and I just kept coming back to the fact that I just felt that, you know, back in 2017, especially, we still weren't quite talking about mental health like we are now. And I thought, right, I'm going to go for mental health. And if I don't raise that much because people maybe don't like to talk about it or engage with it, fine. But I'll still work as hard as I possibly can to to do it. And I asked my wife if she wanted to be part of it. And she said yes, which I'm immensely grateful to her uh, for this. Her name is Andrea. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and she uh, she threw herself into it as well. So some mayors can actually dedicate themselves 100% to something or just whatever they choose to do, you know. So I basically accepted every single engagement. It was 24-7. It literally was. But I never missed an opportunity to fundraise for this little charity I found in Warsaw, which was for Warsaw people. Uh, and it was all about uh, mental health. And, um, and yeah, I, I ended up over the two years raising uh, well over £160,000, which broke all possible records and for a charity whose turnover was 240,000 you can imagine the difference it made and 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 um it's one of probably my most uh proud moments i, I guess that i know uh all of the people i've not been able to meet that mm. i know will benefit by what andrea and i together were managed uh, managed to do we, we cut waiting lists we that we're going to have to um unfortunately because of the money that wasn't coming through 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 one of the spending streams to support the charity mm. uh they had they were going to let go of a of a of a youth worker yeah. uh, actually that was visiting schools and with the money that i was bringing in we managed to keep that person going um it's all right having it, the establishments but we need the good people in the system that we need that that good um, worker because i think that's sometimes what we we have people on the crisis number and we phone them, and if you're having a crisis in Stairbridge or War Heath, then you phone them and go, you've got to phone Stairbridge, instead of saying, well, I will transfer you to there. We need the people to, because once you're in a crisis, it's, it's taken courage to phone up the person, but then all it says is, well, can you phone another number? And then you've lost your nerve, so we need to have a better understanding of that as well. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, this is a topic we could talk for hours about, really. Mm. You know, I mean, I, I, I've had my dark moments, um, yeah, I've had buckets, and 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 that has helped me help me make my decision. I've seen the um, experiences that my two daughters, Monica and Daniela, went through uh, through the education system. You know, as you know, one's eighteen, one's twenty-one now, but you know, when they turned 11 12 13 14 went through the education system it was different for me i mean i'm i'm 54 now and you know I, my idea of uh, of having fun or falling out with someone you know if you and i fell out we'd be best friends the next day yes. after a kickabout with a football in a field whereas now you know you're constantly on 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 these things aren't you you know and and you never know um particularly what uh uh, a young person is up to at two, yeah. three, or four o'clock in the morning. Who are they talking to from whatever part of the world? Yeah. Are they being bullied online? So all of this stuff, young people are having to contend with. And at the same time, because technology has changed so much, their curriculum has changed so much. Yeah. So what we learned, well, me in particular, because I'm obviously older than the pair of you here, um, 
was different and at a different pace. So the pressures they confronted was what uh, are enormous and what young people are having to face up to. So everybody suffers from periods in their lifetime when their mental health is less healthy. Of course. Yeah. Um, and we can be any age. I'm not wanting to say here that older people are immune. Uh, are immune. Absolutely not, because I went and have been through this experience. I had to go and see my GP and he gave me a leg up for six months. And after that period of time, I was able to come through it and I pulled through. Yeah. You know, I'm quite happy to talk about this. This was a number of years ago. But what that actually means is, is that I, I, I know that I'm not alone. And people who uh, put on that tough face, particularly blokes, yeah. particularly blokes, you know, women, women are far better than men at, at exchanging opinions and talking about problems and... Uh, a problem shared is a problem halved, isn't it? You know, the old saying goes, and, and we just don't do that yeah. or, or do it anywhere near as much as we should do. But I think I think things are changing a little bit now, you know, and, and some of us blokes do start to talk about this a bit more. And, and one of the encouraging things for me is that young people have got absolutely no problem talking about mm. issues they may have. Um, this is why it's so important to get people like yourselves on and me and Kev doing this because we, hopefully we're setting an example to other men out there but also children like I, a, a big reason I do this is because I have three children and I don't want them to suffer the way I did so hopefully me, I have a son as well so hopefully me opening up, he then sees actually it's fine It's okay. you, you, can, yeah. you can open up to it, anyone you, you feel comfortable opening up to absolutely, your brain is another organ of your body just as much as any other organ is so if you've if you've broken your arm and you're going to hospital yes. everybody can see you're suffering because of that mm. people cannot see what's going on inside your head so it's much more difficult to to deal with hence why it's just so important to to talk about it but because uh, like that i think like with a physical disability if my arm's hanging off it's so easier but this is what I wanted to ask you about, like with the mental health triage teams, because I think there's a, there's one in this area. Uh, and I, I think it's brilliant because we've had very close friends recently and the police officers who haven't been mentally health trained will attack it in a different manner. Whereas the triage team, you've got three bobbies to look after the nurse and the paramedic. And I think we've got one in the area and I've heard rumours we're going to get rid of that. I'd like to see more of those. Oh, because... definitely. Instead yeah, of getting rid of the one, uh, have another ten or another five. But it's this, you know, it, it, it's across a range of public services. So yeah. I, I became, I don't know if you've heard of um, the Mental Health Foundation. Yeah, I, I, uh, be, I became a um, a trained up mental health uh, um, advisor or practitioner. I don't know what you you call them. If I forget now, <laughs> but um, all it does is really doesn't teach you to deal with somebody who's got problems but yeah. it teaches you to recognize the symptoms the like first aid isn't it's, it? it's a it's a first aid yeah. that's it that's what yeah. it's called mental health first aid. That's, that's that's what it was i'm not here to say you're wrong <laughs> i'm here to stop you bleeding out until the ambulance comes it's the same thing yeah, yeah yeah i mean you certainly you know I'm, I'm, i wouldn't be uh professionally qualified to deal yeah. with someone who's having an episode but what i could do is recognize it and take certain steps yes to help and then perhaps help signpost them yes to the professionals but you talked about triage and i think this is a really really important area and i think the government 
whatever colors. Yeah, you know, but, uh, yes. Over the years, I've always looked at mental health, and it's not been an area of priority when you've looked at setting budgets in healthcare. Yes. It's always been in the very, very low percentages, you know, six, seven, eight percent. And, 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 and I think that. Uh, more recently, governments have started to recognise it more. They, we talk about it in Parliament, and those budgets are going up. Yes. And it's really important because, for example, if you take um, people who end up in 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 a cell overnight or in prison, yes, it's quite often the same people. In yes. fact, some some policemen, some magistrates have talked to me about it being a revolving door. Yes, people go out. Go back in, and 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 very often, what is missed there is that actually people have actually got a mental health condition yes. that's causing this. So I would like to see a, a realignment of budgets, whether it be triaging in NHS A and E departments or triaging um, to the um, um, uh, CPS. Yes, uh, you know the the, the criminal uh, justice systems, and 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 with the police. And, and, and everybody say, you know, if we can address the mental health issue, actually, we're selving, saving police budgets. We're saving people from going into jail and yes. costing the taxpayer so much more. We're saving people from actually perhaps occupying a bed overnight in a hospital, which isn't the right place for them because yes. it's a mental health problem they have. It's yes. not a physical condition. It's just there's so much. And, and I know that we're starting to grapple with it. It is complex. It is difficult. Uh, but they are starting to prioritise in that direction. And of course... I'll be one of many other MPs. I'm not yes, alone as a member of parliament who thinks this way. We've got to do it together, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. If we're all pulling in the right direction. Yeah. And I think, like what you're saying, the um, the door, and I, I think of this with like, the bushy fields, and I'm not asking you everything, I'm just a man I could talk to, but I thought like a bushy fields, if we could have like uh, almost like uh, camper vans or something for those people who aren't quite ready to go back into the real world, if we could have somewhere where they're, they're almost there, because like we've prison of, or establishments, you get institutionalised and you come out and the world scares you mm. and then you're back in. But if you could have that halfway house where you've still got Nurse Dylan and these places, um, would that be something that we could look into? Oh, uh, 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 absolutely. Um, you know, m mental health needs to be something that we... And I know we are starting to do this in a, in, a, in a very different way. You know, a few years ago, when I was mayor, actually, I, I initiated a scheme that was then sort of took over from professionals in, in, in Warsaw at the time. So I, I wanted to do something about the homeless. Yes. And, and you know, I, I would go as far as saying that almost 100% mm. of people who are homeless are people who have a mental health condition that's causing them to be there yes. in the first place. So when, when you were trying to address homelessness, you could put the money and the effort in getting them, uh, uh, you know, the bricks and mortar, the keys. Yes. You can even do some hand-holding and understanding how to budget and handle uh, things like that. But if you don't understand that, they are, you know, if you don't understand the mental health circumstances of that particular person, yeah. Then all they'll do is, is they'll walk away. And I've seen scenarios where they've literally, just literally walked away from a property that's been presented to them, yeah. literally on a plate and everything sorted. And that's because they just couldn't cope with the idea of having to budget and yeah. uh, pay bills and understand, you know, even if they were like 
on welfare and yeah. a lot of things were getting paid for them. It's the whole thing was just too much for them. I, I've seen a scenario in which people were presented a property and they literally prefer to sleep in the garden. Yeah. You know, so it's something the way they felt safe or it, what they it, preferred. It, it, yeah. it, it's just that they just didn't feel that it was right for them. Yes. And obviously it's your mental health disposition. And that's the same with drugs yeah, and alcohol, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Mental it is. health and what yeah. caused it, was yeah. it the chicken or the egg. Yeah. And I think if we could have a better look at it, why are you using drugs? Why are you what what are we trying to escape from instead of criminalizing yeah. them? Have an understanding of it comes back to your mental health. Back to your mental health. It does, yeah. 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 So so much actually comes back to that, doesn't it? You know. So if we'd got a more joined up approach, yes. When you say together, I think that's what you mean as well. Yes, of course. Um and, and and started to dedicate much more resource in understanding uh, the whys and why nots of behaviors yes. and things like that then i think i think we can start addressing the causes of the problems as opposed to reacting to a problem putting a sticking plaster on it which hasn't dealt with the problem well we always say if you yeah. could get them at early doors yeah primary school yeah. so why is kevin aggressive why is lee shy why is marco crying and go and get people to talk about the feelings so we've instead of trying to get someone in their thirties already pretty much broken if we could start helping them build themselves in a better manner by having like physical first aid courses so if mommy's bully or mental health first aids why are you upset and i think if we get them at early doors not to scare them but to build empathy with our youngest which is why i feel positive about young people today yes. the fact that they're much more open about things and talking about things particularly particularly the young ladies compared to the men but even even yeah. young boys and men are starting to talk about it much more openly is so important um so yeah i think i think I'm, i i feel positive because yeah. i think we've turned a bit of a corner yes but there's so much more to do you know so the more uh, you guys are out there in the community helping people and and, and, and people like me yes. are more sort of uh, uh, helping setting policy in the right way then I think is is uh, is, is a good sign you know and for men in particular yes. you know we keep banging on about man you know the biggest killer in men below the age of 45 is suicide well I think the two biggest killers for cancer, men it's is not car accidents yeah. It's not any ill physical health of any kind of disease. Yeah. It's suicide. And that's just a that's one thing we can change. That's well, the pandemic we exactly. can change. We exactly. Can, yeah. You know, we can do something about yeah. that. It's um but it, it is just getting people of getting men to open up more and talk more and, and as I say, hopefully the next generation doesn't have it the same as, as as the way we've had it, you know, that correct that man up culture is is dying now. Um but guys, I'm going to have to cut it short because the school's downstairs oh, now. Right. So I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to do to you, I'm going to put you on the spot like I put all our guests on. Have you quotes or sayings that have helped you get through life? Oh, crikey. Everyone says this. So you're not special because you're an MP. What's that? <laughs> Blimey. I'm, I'm not very good at coming up with quick answers like no. that. And I, I, I think just never give up. Never give up. My, my grandfather was hugely influential uh, on my uh, mindset as a person and uh he used to always say marco never give up if you want something go after it and and uh he came uh, from a very very poor background when we lived in homes where the toilets was outside no electricity and that kind of thing both parents yeah. died dead by the age of 10 or 11 mm -hmm. and he was working down the pits at the age of 14 
pretending to be 18, because obviously yeah. it would have been illegal, just to earn a crust. Yes. And throughout his life, I mean, I just adored him and wanted to spend as much time as I could with him. He just had this approach to life, which is, you know, you can make life what you want to make it. Yes. And, and, and he encouraged me when I used to be down in the dumps, even at a young age, and saying, come on, there's always someone worse off than you. Mm. And never give up. Have you ever seen the picture of the stork swallowing a frog? Yeah. And the frog has got the stork by the neck, so he can't <laughs> be swallowed. Yeah, that, that kind of scenario, you know. So even in my darkest moments, I, I, I just thought, come on, people who are worse off uh will well i'll get through this yes i've got people around me who love me i know um i know not everybody understands my problems yeah but uh you know and and and, and i'd encourage people to actually do the mental health first yeah, aid course yeah. because because it's also taught me to be aware of my own triggers yeah. my own things that might make me go oh i'm not really sure about that so yeah great Thanks very much for having me. No, thank yeah, you. Thank for you for coming on. on yeah. So until we see each other next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Tara a bit. Listen, listen, listen. And that's a wrap for another show. But if there are any comments or messages that you would like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page, and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, tarot a bit. Listen, listen, listen.